everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Like Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And today's episode is part two of our discussion of consensual slavery. So now I'm going to ask Lance a series of questions about slavery. So the first question is, what kind of wacko would want to be a slave? Yeah, I don't think I have an answer to that other than to say that I do believe that I was born this way. I have a strong desire to serve. I identify with that. I see it as my role, and it gives me a sense of purpose. Many people find meaning in service to others, and I certainly do. You said in a previous episode that 24-7 TPE wasn't on your radar, really, until I insisted on it when we first met. What made you agree to TPE at that time? Yeah, I, I like the term that you coined, consensual autocratic totalitarianism, as opposed to TPE. Um, but it was really the first time it was presented in a way that I could see that it was a realistic possibility. It was a valid way to go forward, to live your life, basically. There were a series of conditions that needed to be met, and you met all of them. You needed to be someone that I could trust, someone that I could see myself spending the rest of my life with in a very fulfilling relationship. What also helped was that I was reading other sources describing power exchange relationships other than porn. I began to realize the spiritual aspects of consensual slavery. So now we're going to turn to Aristotle again, and we're going to talk a little bit about something that he said in the Nicomachean Ethics, and it has to do with virtue. So Aristotle talked about four different ways of understanding vice and virtue. So first, there's vice. People who are vicious, right? Vicious is an adjective for vice. People who are vicious actively want to do bad things, and they do them. Then right above vice is incontinence. Incontinent people don't want to do bad things, but they can't help themselves. The badness just slips out of them. They want to be good, they just can't. So an example of that might be like an alcoholic, someone who really doesn't want to drink, but someone who's addicted can't help themselves. The third element here is continence. People who are continent can do good things and can successfully keep themselves from doing bad things. And then finally, there's virtue. Virtuous people do good things naturally just because it's in their nature. It's who they are. And it's really important to clarify that incontinence is not vice. And continence is not virtue. So you're not a bad person if you just can't help yourself, according to Aristotle. And just the fact that you're doing good stuff doesn't mean that you're a good person. <laughs> so he's very generous with the incontinence and not particularly generous with the continence. So is it a, a matter of intention? I mean, where does that come into all this discussion? Or 
that's an important thing to think about because the vicious intentionally do bad things and the continent intentionally do good things, but that doesn't make the continent people virtuous. That seems kind of unfair by our standards today, but Aristotle also said that the state, the leaders of the people, should create social and political conditions that would encourage people to cultivate their natural virtues. If you could identify certain types of virtue in someone, then you would basically be helping them do their best work and live their best lives. That's how I'm interpreting this. Yeah, it's their responsibility to provide the opportunities. Right. It seems that that's what he was saying. So first, I'll use myself as an example of this. I really do not make for a very good vanilla wife. I think it's fair to say I tried to be in a half-assed kind of way, I guess, but I didn't do any particular work on myself for the marriage. Mostly I just complained and was bitchy. I feel bad for my husband. Um, but, the, you know, but I was very, very unhappy in that role as well. I think it's fair to say that I basically just shat all over my marriage. In terms of incontinence, I would say that I was also not a great classroom teacher. I could pull it off somewhat. I did try a bit, but it was, it was clearly not my thing. I can be a good teacher in casual settings, though. I think I'm pretty good in conversations, sharing knowledge, talking about ideas. Really, my three needs as a teacher are to be able to teach what I want to teach, how I want to teach it, and only to people who want to learn it. And that just doesn't work in formal educational settings unless you're in a very privileged institution with a very, very cushy teaching job. So for me, continence has a lot to do with overcoming inertia. There are a lot of things that I like to do, but I'm pretty lazy by nature. So I suppose overcoming my laziness and inertia are examples of continence. I'm continent when I can get my ass off of the couch and get shit done, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you seem like you're grateful to me for trying to prompt you to do things. Yes, I am. It helps. Sometimes not so much. But a couple of things that I definitely am virtuous about, by Aristotle's definition, is being a mother and being a femdom, a master. I'm a good mom. I'm loving, attentive, and I know when to back off. And I often think about different ways that I can be better. I don't feel threatened, you know, when I make a mistake or when my kid is being a little shit. I don't take it personally. I just tell her, stop being a little shit. <laughs> and sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. And I'm also what some people call a natural kinky femdom. I've known that I'm a dominant and a sadist from a very early age. As soon as I accepted those facts about myself, it was a lot easier to develop meaningful relationships with men. And in general, I know that I have things to work on, but overall being a femdom is basically innate to me. And I don't necessarily have all of the 
best qualities, best practices of, of being a femdom down pad. But I have some core fundamental traits that are the foundation of who I am as a dom, and they've always been there. So Lance, how do you see yourself in this framework in terms of romantic relationships? Because in a lot of ways, I strongly believe that you are a perfect man. Oh, thank you for saying that, but that's simply not true. I'm rarely perfect. And thinking about the thing that I mentioned earlier about ego getting in the way, so I'll try not to take that to heart. <laughs> so focusing on our relationship, I can summarize these four qualities. Regarding vice, I don't actively seek out ways to hurt you or actively disobey you. It's mostly incontinence that you see. I'm always confused by our arguments. The right fighting is never good. And it seems like I can't help myself. I can stop the arguing, but it wouldn't feel right if I just agreed with you. If I did that, that would be an example of continence. But it would seem dishonest. And if I did that, if I just shut up once in a while. In the long term, it wouldn't resolve the problem that we're having, and it would just fester. But a positive example of me being continent in our relationship is this whole experiment with me gaining emotional intelligence. It has provided several situations where I did stop myself from using a negative or angry tone of voice, and I did ask you questions and paraphrased as you have commanded on numerous occasions. Another example would be my obedience when I don't like what it is that you're requiring of me, like eating your pre-chewed food, wearing a posture collar in public, and other little things that have caused me discomfort. And I think that your continence is kind of a sign for me that I can trust you as a slave in the way that you're trusting me to not choke you to death with breath play was a, a way for you to be able to trust me at the start of our relationship. I always prefer it when you love to serve me in different ways, but when you are serving me, even though you don't particularly feel pleasure from doing so, that really tells me that you are in it for keeps. Yeah, thank you. I, I do feel that being submissive does come naturally. And I think that's the definition that you stated that Aristotle said about virtue. I derive pleasure and a sense of purpose from my service, as I previously mentioned. And I find it fulfilling and exciting. I'm also perfectly okay with being led. I think that's why I love dogs so much, because they're such good role models for slaves. They have such enthusiasm and willingness to be controlled. And also, uh, me working on getting rid of shame is something that I've cultivated for myself. And for a long time, I've challenged myself in removing those things in my brain that would prevent me from succeeding in my role. Yeah, there is this powerful social stigma that says that you and only you should be in charge of your life, and I don't particularly agree with that. 
Are there other qualities that you think you have developed in order to be successful as a slave in general? Yeah, I previously mentioned the self-acceptance. That was a big thing. And really listening to and adapting to your needs and not how I think or want to provide that service is, is another thing that I've developed being with you. What about being my slave in particular with my own idiosyncratic personality and needs? You stated earlier on in our relationship that I have to be someone who is able to take corrections, and I struggle with this sometimes. I am looking to improve my service to you, and that will require me not getting butthurt whenever you correct me. But there's this issue with me thinking that I understand you perfectly, and that's not always the case. So if you want something done in a particular way, I shouldn't feel threatened if you need me to do something differently. What are some of the positives of being my slave in particular? I do believe that this form of relationship is the most exciting and positive. You are a fascinating person and I get so much knowledge and benefit from being with you. So basically Aristotle was right about me learning <laughs> and being virtuous. Um, being in this relationship has increased my ability to think rationally when I'm upset. You forced me to examine my emotions, be able to state them and try to understand the root cause of those emotions. So I feel like I've had tremendous personal growth being in this relationship. What are some special challenges and limitations inherent to being my slave in particular? Yeah, staying on the topic of personal growth, that growth can be painful at times. I'm reluctant to address certain issues like the emotional intelligence and the whole topic of bullying was kind of traumatic to me to deal with. So there's that blockage. You place limitations on me sexually. And while I love to be controlled in that way, sometimes it's very challenging. I guess what really excites me the most is that I want to be reminded more often of my role. I want to be reminded that my pleasure should come from serving you. Yeah, going back to the whole controlling of my sexuality, I want you to tell me that I should derive my pleasure from pleasing you. I want you to laugh at me more often and point out the complete lack of freedoms uh, on my part. When I was thinking about this, I was actually trembling with excitement at the thought of you rubbing that imbalance in my face. There's also an opportunity cost for you being in a polyandrous relationship. I get however many I want. You get nothing but me. And, and even there, you, you can say, no, you can't have me. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. And you can also decide the opposite. You can decide that I have to have sex with somebody else. Yeah, I could do that. And I probably <laughs> will. So if I were a service dom and you were really in charge in reality, what would be your priorities for new things for us to do? 
I'd probably want more sexual stuff because I am in chastity. Um, yeah, I went to a pro dom once where I did not get what I wanted. I booked a dual session with the femme dom and her transsexual dom. So she it was kind of a bait and switch. The transsexual dom never showed up. So being penetrated anally by a real-life penis is still an unfulfilled fantasy, one that you could help facilitate. Yeah, that's a fantasy for both of us. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> While it's happening, I can imagine um, you ringing a bell saying, shame a la Cersei. Mm, shame, <laughs> shame. Hmm. But as far as you being a service dom, I'm having a hard time coming up with ideas because I don't want that responsibility and I, I want you to decide that. Are there times when you feel less safe with me emotionally or physically? And if so, what are some ways that I can help you to feel more safe? There have been, but I think my mind frame has the biggest part in that, whether I'm feeling emotionally and physically safe. Like, I'm thinking about the time that you stepped on my head and I kind of freaked out and totally forgot about my safe words. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not really sure if there's anything that you can do about that. What about emotionally safe, though? Like, it seems that emotional safety is something that is relevant to our arguments. It seems mm. that we're arguing because there might be a lack of emotional safety. That would presuppose that I know what my emotions are. I would say that I'm getting better at that, but I do tend to just deny the root cause of that emotional insecurity. So I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that. I think you do the best that you can as far as what I need. I think you do help me understand what's going on in my brain. So you're making progress is what you're saying? Yes, I believe Good. so. When do you feel the most slavey? When we're in bed and you're teasing me mercilessly. Also, when you give me a series of tasks to complete and a time limit to complete them, I'm feeling your control to a high degree in those situations. So what's some good advice that you might have for an aspiring slave? I would say accepting and embracing who you are and don't let society get in the way of what you want or how to live your life or make you feel ashamed of who you are. Yeah, get rid of that shame. Yeah, trust your dom. Trust that your dom really wants a submissive. That's something that's, that we've been talking about privately for the last few weeks is this idea that you hesitate to submit sometimes because you feel like I won't respect you or that mm -hmm. you're being too slavey. Right. And that is never going to be the case. And I would say for those submissive men out there who are looking for doms, trust the dom unless they give you a reason not to trust them. Trust that they want a slave, that they want you to be submissive, unless they just straight up tell you, no, never mind, just okay. eat my pussy. 
<laughs> like I had that one <laughs> crazy woman. Who said, said you were too submissive? Yes. Yeah. Just even if that happens, don't give up. I'm talking to you guys out there. Don't give up. So this concludes our discussion of slavery. Thank you very much for joining us today. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you.